Now, welcome to the CatTunes podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Crowley. On this podcast, I'm going to talk about the stories behind my songs, the production tools that I've used, the production methods that I've employed, the instruments that I've played, the instruments that I've discovered, the arrangement methods that I've used, the real-life stories which precipitated the creation of my entire albums or of my separate tracks. So let's jump right into it, shall we? And uh, welcome you listening to the Cattoons podcast. Today's episode 58, and I'm going to be talking about a song called Lucky Trickster, which is the third track from the Reborn Heart album. Lucky Trickster is a very melodic song, and it sort of verges somewhere between somewhere be- between a relatively light song, relatively pop song, and something along the lines of alt-rock, I would argue. Now, it's important to note that back in the day, in 2012, when this song was written, when it was in production, um, as I have indicated on the previous uh, episode, I did not have an electric guitar. I've had an acoustic guitar, which I borrowed uh, from the lady that I was working for as a music producer. So that was all I had, and I wanted, I really wanted to have some guitar sound on this song. And at the same time, there was only so far that I could go with this. So, of course, I had to compensate for the absence of electric guitars. I had, I had to compensate for that, and uh, the way I went about that was um, using all of those kind of distorted synths, which just a little bit later, I guess those um, synthetic sounds took off uh, and uh, formed and became this new genre called bass music and future bass. Back in the day in 2012 when I was working on Reborn Heart album, I had no freaking clue that there is such a thing as bass music or future bass or that that is budding uh, somewhere out there in the world. I had no clue. I was just trying to substitute uh, the I was trying to find a substitute for uh, electric guitars, and that's all it was. And ultimately, it turned out to be quite an interesting tone, an interesting sound, and, and an interesting solution, because I ended up having uh, a, some sort of very bizarre blend of bass music slash future future bass, what would be called nowadays uh, bass music with uh, alternative indie rock. And uh, Lucky Trickster musically borrows a lot from Placebo, bands like Placebo and Radiohead. That I can tell you. But let's get to the actual song and to, to the lyrics. At the time when I had the idea for this song, I was I was in a very weird situation. I 
I'd had a horrible crush on a guy, and I couldn't openly talk about this, and I couldn't just come out and admit that. And um, more than that, I knew that it's probably a dangerous route to take altogether. That I probably should not uh, pursue that uh, that passion of mine because of who the guy was. Uh, however, I had all these feelings and I had all these frustrations in me and um, I wanted to write it out of my system and I thought that it would make up for an interesting song. So I wrote Lucky Trickster and um, the song alludes not only to this guy for whom I had a horrible crush uh, it also alludes to a gentleman from France uh, who was hitting on me pretty hard at the time. And that was back in 2012. It was in spring 2012. So it's been a while ago. Um, and so one day I picked up a guitar, and um, an acoustic guitar, and I was tapping the strings. I like to use this technique, I still use this technique on my electric guitars. Um, in the right hand, instead of plucking the strings, I tap them uh, with my with my fingers, with the insides of my fingers, and it gives a very subdued, very mysterious kind of tone, and um, it makes it even more mysterious on an acoustic guitar. I still do use this technique. So back then, back then, I, I believe it was like uh, March or April, twenty twelve. Um, one day I was sitting with a guitar and I was just patting those chords that I was playing, a chord progression. Basically an E minor, a G minor with a couple of open strings with the first and second uh, open strings without really fully pressing the beret on the chord. And then an A minor, minus seven, nine, you would call it that. And then there was that weird, weird little dark chord somewhere up the neck. And um, as I was murmuring to myself, there was a melody that just got born out of nowhere. And then the lyrics started flowing. And uh, I guess what ended up happening is that I basically just described whatever I felt at the moment. Those frustrations and the feelings and um, the, uh, the desire the desires that I did have that ravaged me from within. So, it's all in the lyrics. Let's read the lyrics and I'll comment as we move on because it's all very metaphorical and it's all kind of very cryptic, you could think. Because I've had people who approached me about these lyrics and they were like, what is that, what is that supposed to mean? The clowns are dead. What do you mean the clowns are dead? Because if you take these lyrics literally, it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't make sense. But if you really... Uh, come to realize that a lot of it is just metaphorical descriptions of emotions and desires, then it all falls into place. So the song opens with the first verse that goes like this. The clowns are dead. All the lies are said. I glide over your skin. And you don't know what's in my blood flow. It understates the sin. That's quite a bizarre, mysterious little verse, right? So the clowns are dead, all the lies are said, I glide over your skin. 
these three lines, this is wishful thinking. This is me at the time in 2012 really wanting that guy very bad. The guy that I had a crush on. I was dreaming of him. I wanted him. I wanted to be with him. I wanted everything with him. And I still didn't taste him. I knew him. We worked together. And um, it was very frustrating and um, almost embarrassing because, because it had such an overpowering effect on me. So these three lines, what they're saying is I'm imagining, in the beginning of the song, I'm imagining what would it, what would it have been like if we were close and personal. The clowns are dead means all the jokes are gone. There is no kidding anymore. It's real. All the lies are said. This refers to uh, all the beating around the bush and pretending that we don't understand what's going on and playing make-believe and pretending that we're not attracted to one another. I glide over your skin. And that's when you know, this actually gets physical. So, the thing about this situation was that I could sense it with my skin, that there are things going on between me and this guy. But we're playing this wonderful game. We pretend that nothing is going on. We pretend that all of those little jokes and puns and all of these... um checking each other out, all of that, that that is not happening, that this is just something else. You know, that's, to put things in, in context, that's what was going on, and that's in part why this song was born. Then, and you don't know what's in my blood flow, it understates the sin. So this is, this basically says, uh, you don't, you can't imagine what fire is running in my veins because of you. Then there's a second verse. It goes, Desires bled and became scarlet like the moaning dreams I shed. The tricks became a law of this game. The divine became humane. Desires bled and became scarlet like the moaning dreams I shed. This is a very weird way to say well, all of, this, all of these desires that I have for you, they're sort of immaterial and they're kind of not real and imaginary, only to the point that they become real enough to settle and affect my blood. And when they affect my blood, that's when they become material. That's when, that's when they become real, explicitly real, through my blood. And since my blood pumps through my veins and nourishes my entire body, this is how something immaterial that might be just a thought becomes very real because that's when it affects my biology. That's, a, that's kind of a weird way to go about it, right? 
The tricks became a law of this game. The divine became humane. So the tricks became a law of this game. This is about this back and forth games and uh, pretense and um, almost like playing a uh, game of chess with one another and uh, mutually pretending that we're not attracted to each other. That it's all just, nah, no, we're just, you know, having a business relationship. That we're just, you know, doing music together and that I don't notice how you look at me. And you don't notice that I've checked you out right now. And that I'm checking you out all the freaking time. But we're pretending that, you know, it's not in that realm. The Divine Became Humane. This is the summary of this verse, because in the beginning it said, and became uh, Desire's Blood and became Scarlet when I was talking about the immaterial, about the spiritual, about the desires, about that realm which you cannot touch when it, it affects your blood and then it becomes your biology and then it becomes your flesh and bones. This is how it becomes real. This is how it materializes itself. So then um, then, then there is the first hook, and it goes so much unmade, even more than unsaid. There's so much I could have betrayed. Whatever I show, and whatever you know, you must undergo, that I want you, believe I want you though. So this is a lot of wordplay and a lot of sort of kind of beating around the bush. Even more than unsaid, it's all about the, the things that are not yet done, the things that are implied but not acted upon. There's so much I could have betrayed. Um, what this line refers to is the sense of personal pride and the idea that, you know, guided my actions at the time, that I should not succumb to this temptation because he is so good because he's a womanizer because he's so hot because girls fall to his feet quickly so i was playing this game and i was like no i cannot betray myself and i will just hold on to my pride to my personal pride and i will just not give in and i will continue to tempt him and i will continue to pretend that nothing's happening you know what I mean so this is what this is about there's so much I could have betrayed whatever I show and whatever you know you must undergo that I will that I want you believe I want you though then there's the next verse that goes your fears are gone and I raise your gun all your ammo is meant for me You'd shoot me down. Come on, if you can. I'm in your firing range. Now, about this verse, I will just hint to you that this is not literally a gun. This is a metaphor for something else. And all of it has to do with very explicit stuff. So, I will read the verse once again. And you think about it, and as a grown adult, I think you will get the meaning. Your fears are gone, and I raise your gun. All your ammo is meant for me. You'd shoot me down. Come on, if you can. I'm in your firing range.
Then there's another verse. You'll return again, and I'll feed you pain that tastes like conquered shame. I'm in your head, wherein your lies are dead, and my breath is on your skin. So this, again, this is imaginary. This is me trying to imagine what would it have been like after the first time. What would it have been like because, you know, he never had a girl like me. What, what would he feel like? And he would probably have, have to encounter that sense of shame or guilt or anything along those lines. And um, this is me also realizing in those last three lines, I'm in your head wherein your lies are dead and my breath is on your skin. This is me knowing and pointing out that I know that you too, you want me. I can sense it. I can see it in your eyes. I can feel it from the heat of your body when you're a little bit too close. I can sense it. I can smell it in the air. It is in your sweat. It is in your cologne. It's palpable. It's tangible. It's audible. It's in the tone of your voice. I can sense it. It doesn't matter how much you pretend that it's not the case. That is the case. I live within I live in your head. When you go to bed, when you're mid falling asleep, when you're not quite awake, you think about me and I know it. I know it. I'm living within you. And you live within me. So, do you see how it works? So, Lucky Trickster, you see, is a very, a very peculiar song, to put it mildly. So then there's a hook again that goes so much unmade, even more than unsaid. There's so much I could have betrayed. Whatever I show, and whatever you know, you must undergo that I want you. Believe, I want you, though. I want you, though. I want you, I need you, I want you, I need you to want me, to want me, to want me. Because apparently, not only I want you really bad, but I want you to want me. Because a girl needs to be loved by a man. And a girl needs to love a man. So much unmade, even more than unsaid, there's so much I could have betrayed. I could have replayed, excuse me. There's so much I could have replayed. Whatever I show, and whatever you know, I'll give it to you. Because I want you. Believe, I want you too. I want you, I need you, I want you. I need you to want me, to want me, to want me. That's where the song concludes. So for the most part, this song is about that specific guy, but there is also a little bit of an edge, a little bit of an allusion to the gentleman from France, uh, who was an older guy. And um, I was kind of flirting with him, and um, it sort of alludes to him a little bit. Not that much. Mostly the song is not about him. Mostly the song is about that specific, that specific guy who had so much of an impact on me. So, this is the meaning. And um, with that being said, let's move on to the next section, shall we?
so just as usual I'm going to play sections of the song and uh, then I'm going to dissect them and uh, explain the chord progression and um, melodic peculiarities and that kind of stuff. So let's start with that the song is in E minor. Amazingly back then, back in those days when this song was written, uh, I was using standard tuning. I was occasionally switching to drop D but for the most part I was using a standard, a standard guitar tuning. So let's listen to the intro and then after that I'll try to dissect that. So the intro opens with what will uh, later become a verse. So basically it starts with a little guitar riff that goes like this. little interval and it immediately makes it kind of sound mysterious and tense and sort of sad at the same time. And there's a G. And that's an A minor. Now we're going into the verse. Let's listen. Into the hook. So, 
So, we're starting with uh, E minor. The clowns are dead. All the lights are sad. I glide over your skin. My blood flow, it understates the sin. So this is one verse, right? And what, what goes on here is an E minor, then a kind of a G major but without the full beret, and that's what keeps these two guitar strings open, the, the E and the B. There is an A minor minus seven nine. Then there is a B flat major plus seven. Back to E minor. G major with an E. And an A minor minus seven nine. Then it repeats itself. And you don't know what's in your What's in my blood flow? It understates the sin. Desires bled and became scarlet. Like the morning dreams I shed. from the open, partially open strings and the fingering on the fretboard of a guitar because this song originally was written on guitar and then it was, you know, then all those synthesizers were added, etc, etc. In essence, this is a guitar-written song. So now let's listen to the hook. So now in the hook, the chord progression changes. We're starting with a, with a C major plus seven. So much made even than a G major more than unsaid. This is a G major. 
plus 7. And more than second part of the hook. for not being able to really sing it right now because currently as of for the first uh, for the fifth I think for the fifth or sixth day straight I'm recording vocals for the uh, Love in Space album so I'm trying sort of not to not to push it too hard I've been singing for the past five or six days straight and uh, my voice obviously needs some rest, so it's it's just difficult. It's just difficult to go all the way up there. I've sung, yesterday I've sung a very difficult song, and my voice is slightly fried. Kind of. So, this is difficult. <laughs> so I have to apologize for this. I hope it's okay, I hope, uh, hope it's not too bad. So, after this hook, we're going back into a little bit of, um, we're borrowing like basically four chords from the intro and then we're going into the next verse so let's uh, let me continue playing this There's a gun, 
final hook. So, in the middle, and I'll probably just play this instead of trying to sing this because, as I said, my voice is kind of fried today. Uh... here is um, there's a G major all of a sudden a G major plus seven then there's an F sharp major that alterates between a plus seven and a minus seven and there's a C major plus seven then a C minor between a minus 7 and a plus 7, so it's... Then we're going back to a G major plus 7.
that's basically how it goes. Uh, and that's a simple melody. That's all it is. And then there is that little bridge that leads up to the last uh, section of the song, where everything goes down, everything goes calm, sort of, for a little bit. For a little bit. And there's a very quiet uh, C major plus 7 there. I want you, I want you. goes to a A minor, minus 7. I, I want you, I And then it goes to a B major. Oh, I want you, I need you to want me to, want me to, want me, want me. So, once again, I want you, I need you, I want you, I need you to want me to want me to want me. So you see, it sort of sets up the stage for what's coming, and it borrows at the same time from the uh, chord progression of the hook. So it's nothing new really in this song. C major plus seven. Then basically an E minor on the base of G, an inversion, right? Then there is an A minor, minus seven, uh, minus seven, nine. And then we're going into B major. With one of my favorite suspensions, because See what it has there? It has instead of an F sharp, instead of that five in this chord, it has a G. So that's it's almost like a Chopin suspension. I love it. Back in the day when I was playing lots of classical music, I've um, I loved how Chopin, how he would have these kind of chords in his compositions. So, this is, this is why I'm using it here. It's more dramatic, as far as I'm concerned. And now, after that, let's listen to the end of the song, because now we're going into the hook, and uh, there is... Um, the last section is not like the main hook, so let's listen.
So you see what happens here. There is the last hook, which is virtually like what hook number three, and it repeats um, whatever already uh, happened in the song, right? So it's the same. Once again, my voice has shut today. I was screaming, I was yelling, I was singing all sorts of things yesterday and over the course of the past five, six days, so I'm, I need some rest. But today's podcast day, I'm recording this episode, so I can't help it. So, um, the outro is just a more energetic reiteration of... It's kind of like a combo, a crossover of the chord progression that we've... Uh, we've used on the verses and on the intro, and it borrows something sort of to wrap it up and make it different, right? So you have an E minor. Again, G, uh, G major with an E in it. A minor minus 7. C major plus 7. B major minus 7. And that's it, basically. That's the whole chord progression. It's pretty straightforward, pretty simple. So, um, in this song, uh, all the peculiarities and little little things that make it different, that make the, that really uh, light up and... Um, that really light up and uh, add a lot of color to a virtually very basic uh, chord progression. It's all in the sevens, in the little suspended notes, like with this thing here. That's what makes it uh, different. It's not as straightforward as uh, it would have been should that be just a B uh, major, right? No, instead of that, it's a B major minus seven and with a suspended fifth. plus 7, of course, right? And then you have the, the G major plus 7. And plenty of A minor minus 7 with an added 9. 
With that being said, I guess this is the end of the music analysis. Uh, I hope that I've laid it out for you. Um, and I apologize once again for my the condition of my voice. It's early today still. I'm recording this. It's uh, barely after midday. I woke up like a couple of hours ago, uh, basically. And I, I was singing for so long for the past days, for the past few days. So I'm hoping that I'll, that I'll be able to record something today for the Love and Space album. But, you know, if it goes on like this, I'll probably have to take a day off and just shut up and uh, not sing anything. All right, let's move on to the next section, shall we? So as you can hear, um, just like many other songs on the Reborn Heart album, Lucky Trickster is not a complicated song. It's not really complicated. Yeah, it's all metaphorical, it's all kind of cryptic, you know, quote-unquote cryptic, whereas, you know, the reality is is that it is just a very sensual song um, that speaks in metaphors, which has a very sensual melody, a pretty straightforward chord progression, and as I said, what influenced this song a lot is the fact that uh, in the early 2000s and in the late 90s, I have been very much into uh, bands like Radiohead and uh, Placebo. Um, and that influenced me, it had an impact. It was before I went into Dream Theater, because a little later, I believe, kind of at the same time, but a little later, I got into music like Dream Theater and Liquid Tension Experiment, and uh, I got kind of heavily into more of like a prog metal, um, kind of that kind of genre. So I sort of, ever since then, I sort of swerved away from Britpop and, you know, Coldplay, Radiohead, uh, and Placebo moved on from those bands and got into like prog metal stuff, art rock, etc, etc. And ultimately some heavier music like Slipknot. But back in those days, uh, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, I was into Radiohead big time. I loved the simplicity, quite often the simplicity of their chord progressions, but how carefully did they pick the little tones, you know, the little added tones in the chord yeah, in the chord chains, and the choices, the, the melodic choices, you know, the phrasing, all of those things, it always captivated me. And so when you add those two things, you, uh, you put together uh, my classical uh, musical education, my classical musical training, because originally I was, after all, raised uh, on classical music, like Chopin and Bach and uh, Rachmaninoff and Tchaikovsky and Grieg, that kind of stuff, and Ferenc Liszt, um, I've absorbed a lot from there. A lot of the beautiful, amazing modulations and um, voicings of chords, interesting voicings of chords, and I loved Rachmaninoff for that because he's just mind-blowing mind if you listen to his piano concerto, for example, and you listen to how the cellos, how the string section is voiced there, how it has an immense 
emotional impact exactly because of the inversions of the chords. If you simplify this, if you bring it back to just the basics, it will not have that same emotional impact. But with the correct voicing, with the correct inversions of the chords, you have that maximum impact. So if you take this classical music background and you put that together with how much of an influence Radiohead was on me uh, with Tom York, um, and I've sung a lot of their songs, a lot of Radiohead songs, especially in the early 2000s, when I got into like consistently training my vocals and um, yeah, back then, Radiohead was of, a, of an enormous impact on me. And then a little bit of Coldplay and a little bit of Muse, but not that much. Muse really, nah, not quite. I had in their first album, I believe, but I don't remember having their second album. Uh, and Placebo. Placebo, Radiohead, Coldplay, and a little bit of Muse. And all of that on top of the already existing, um, at the time, infatuation with Marilyn Manson. Uh, I've had... Um, my two favorite albums at the time, in the early 2000s by Marilyn Manson, was Mechanical Animals and uh, Antichrist Superstar. These two albums. I loved the production and have the grit on these albums. And I also loved the, again, the simplicity of the melodic progressions, of, of, excuse me, of the chord progressions, especially on Mechanical Animals. And so, you know, it's weird, right? So you have this three-sided influence, classical music, Radiohead, and placebo, and then from the third side, something along the lines of Marilyn Manson. And at the time, I did not have an electric guitar. Would I have had an electric guitar, Lucky Trickster would have had a different sound, a different tone to it. It probably would have been a little heavier. Now, it didn't turn out to be the case, because I, all I had was an acoustic guitar and some, you know, synthetic sounds that I've, you know, created and uh, used to sort of, uh, there's this word, embiggen, and I was using to in, in heavy, in heaven, I don't know, and heavy, and heavy, to, to in, to in heaven, let's, let's put it this way, to in heaven, to make it heavier, to in heaven, uh, Lucky Trickster just a little bit. Um, and this is the story of Lucky Trickster. I believe that this is one of my most sensual songs, and uh, I actually think that this is one of my most straightforward songs. It doesn't sound like any track from Overcome, which is quite, you know, a lot more cryptic, and there's a lot more metaphors, and it's all kind of, you know, uh, very sub subdued. I mean, and you need to kind of like really get to the meaning, to the bottom of what is it all about. Here in Lucky Trickster, everything is straightforward. It's a song about passion, it's a song about desire, it's a song about uh, about sensuality, and it's a song about seduction. It's a song about all of those things, and whatever I felt at the time back in 2012. And um, this is, I guess, where I'm going to be wrapping up this episode. Thank you very much for checking out these... Um, this podcast. If you haven't heard any of my music yet, of course I would urge you to check out Catherine Crowley, Catherine with a C, Crowley with a C, on any major streaming platform. You can find plenty of my music. I've just released recently an album called Natural Grotesque. It's uh, an instrumental rock, I would say art rock slash fusion album, 
I've released it on January 30th, and there is another album coming up uh, on March 20th called Love in Space. So check out my music, and if you like my music, don't hesitate to share it with your friends. Uh, make playlists, follow me on, follow my artist profile on whatever platform you prefer, be that Spotify, or be that Apple Music or iTunes or Deezer. Uh, you can also find my entire catalog, all of my released music, you can find it on YouTube. And if you're going to my YouTube channel, uh, you might want to as well check out my actual channel. I have a uh, video cast there called Cat Talk, where I'm mostly talking not about music, I'm talking about all the other stuff, you know, uh, social, political, commentary, that kind of stuff. Uh, and I also have a playlist on YouTube called Cat Vibes. So this is where you can see some, some footage of me recording guitars, or playing drums, or recording vocals, or do, you know, doing something casually in my backyard, or burning a fire, or something, something along those lines. And the last thing is, uh, also, if, you're, uh, if you contemplate switching to you know, healthier uh, alternatives as far as soap and lotions and this kind of stuff, I would urge you to check out our website called southerncaracol.com. The link is going to be in the description. So unlike many big box stores, you know, who sell you um, soaps and shampoos and uh, lotions that are full of very harmful chemicals, uh, which are very bad for your skin, unlike all of these guys, we have all natural products made here in the United States, made in Kentucky and in Tennessee. So we have all natural oatmeal honey soaps, which are very good for, you know, dry skin, for people who have psoriasis, eczema, etc., etc. Actually, soaps that can heal your skin. And we have an aromatherapy line of soaps. And we have lotions, and we have lip balms, and we have other products. So, uh, now that it is kind of spring, and I know that in the uh, in large parts of the United States right now, or the North American continent, it is still not exactly very warm. Down south here, it's getting warmer, but it's still not the case for uh, many other states. Uh, people with drier skin, they experience flare-ups of eczema and psoriasis. And uh, you might want to check out our website and pick something for yourself or for your, for your relative, for someone you know who suffers from dry skin. Go to our website, southerncaracol.com, check out what, you know, whatever assortment of products we have. Pick something for yourself or for your friend or relative. And uh, I believe that your skin will thank you for this. And this is where I'm going to be wrapping up this uh, episode. Thank you very much for being with me here. I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. I love you. Uh, stay well. Be safe. Stay healthy. And you will hear me on the next episode.